This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Hi, LSPod fans, it's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parkin' or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off can be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Rogers is streaking ahead and he's onside. Beautiful play! That is that! What a shot! Post for Shearer, goal! McLaughlin has it, oh, deflection, and it's a goal! Comes to Mitchell, it's another goal! Incredible hobble! so sweet Swindon Town beat Sutton United this week and I am very happy about it but there are some butts and to enjoy some butts uh, is <laughs> is Joe hello Joe hello Rich I'm ready to see more butts and discuss more butts <laughs> <laughs> oh we're already here how the devil are you are you okay uh, I'm all right I've got a, I'm shifting a little bit of a cold but I'm, I'm here out of out of goodwill and you know put the Put Swindon on yesterday on iFollow. No need to go to um, to go to the chateau because it's a Tuesday night, uh, and enjoyed it from the comfort of my bed. And it was Ooh. just the tonic for shifting the lurgy. Ooh, sounds great. I was there, very much rolling back the years by daydreaming at the towards the rain falling from the floodlight um, during the. Uh, quieter parts of the second half which were quite dull at times but I did enjoy that and even more so when we stepped out after the game the rain had stopped temporarily so perfect evening yeah how was now it was quite late usually on iFollow you do get some um, BBC Radio Wiltshire preamble it was quite late cutting across and only sort of cut in during the address at the beginning and uh, 
the God Save the King. How was that in person? Well, it was unusual, so to speak. So walked into the county ground to the dulcet sounds of Vera Lynn. So it was at that stage I knew what, what to expect, really. Um, if in doubt, get Vera Lynn, you know, get people in the mood for football. <laughs> or maybe not. So something that I didn't know, but it happened and it was it was followed by by the person was that the players walked out in complete silence, which was so weird. It was it was in the Don Rogers stand. You can barely hear what they're saying on the um on the public announcement, whatever. I don't want to call it a tannoy because I'll get Alan Partridge <laughs> quotes thrown at me, but let's go with tannoy. Then was the most protracted Elizabeth the Great speech. Goodness me, that was um yeah, I think I think historians would have gone hmm, maybe um, in a few uh, in a few of the uh, statements within that that rambling um, bit of praise for Queen Elizabeth II. Then a minute silence, immaculately followed. Then an impromptu applause, followed by a rendition of "God Save the King." I came out of that whole thing one never wanting football to start more. Two. I don't think Swindon Town can be accused of organising that in a half-hearted way. Goodness me, they went all in. I don't know how other clubs did it, but programme with the Queen's face on. Yes, it was It was quite the tribute. Yeah, I don't think anybody could accuse Swindon of doing half measures in that thing, especially with the programme cover. Uh, I didn't buy the digital programme, so I don't know if there was any content in there because, um, you know, some royal encounters in the borough and particularly with the football club, I'd be I'd be quite interested to read some of that. I've been spending a week trying to find out which royal might have given us the the League Cup. Suspected not uh, the late Her Majesty because I think she was a Arsenal fan, was she not? She was a gooner, was she? That's what they say. That's what I've read. Maybe that was just uh, you know Nick Hornby in the Arsenal fan TV lot. <laughs> well, Maybe she didn't turn up because they thought they won the cup. Yeah. Along came Swindon Town FC, and well, yes, indeed, was it? It must have been Margaret or someone that handed it over. Surely we can find that out now. Immediately now, okay. I'm almost certain it's Margaret. There we go. Okay, well, we've given this more or just as much as Swindon Town gave this last night, so we'll move on to football. Yes, football is back. It's felt like a long, long time. I missed the Orient game, so. It's only my second home game of the season. And the last one was Rochdale, which was about three years ago, it feels like. So Swindon lineup, Brinning goal, home debut for Lavinia. Blake Tracy, McDonald and Clayton completing the back four. Then in midfield, you had Darcy, Reed, Gladwin, Shade and Williams on the wings and Jeff Cott making a home debut. Up front, there was no place on the bench for Brennan or Harry's. Um, I'm a bit concerned about the Brennan loan. I don't. I don't think that that's going to last that long. I don't. I, I think we all expected him to play, but Clayton and McDonald, it's working at the moment. Yeah, of course, it's, that's the that is working fine. Uh, I'm wondering. Maybe we'll get onto later. If people talk about um, shape and formations and things like that, and whether whether our fullbacks will be fully necessary, and maybe the time is to shift back to the old. The old ways of the three centre packs, um, perhaps that could be, especially with other circumstances that unfolded throughout uh, last night as well. But yes, uh, Kieran Brennan seems a bit like um, the forgotten, the forgotten man, especially after his uh, his concussion drama. Um, but Plymouth Argyle coming up, that could be a, a way back in. 
Absolutely could. And here's hoping. So this bloody game, quite quite one for the uh, for the emotions. Two quite different halves. The first half felt like mild chaos. Early chance for Swindon. We do like to get going quite quickly, scoring so early against Rochdale. And we almost did the same in this game when Jeff Cott's early effort was saved at close range by Jack Rose. And you kind of had a feeling at that point that we're in for it again, uh, which wasn't to be because uh, town alumni, Will Randall, goes up minutes later with the freedom of the borough of Swindon to put Sutton ahead after just four minutes. Yes, it was a very bright start. The first, what it must have been the first 90 seconds when Williams has found Jeff Cott and doesn't quite get enough of his head on it, but he's thinking, oh, well, okay, here we go. We're in for a night of it. And then literally three minutes later, uh, they're breaking. We're uh, tracking back and tracking back and tracking back. And Will Randall has scored there. I did wonder. Uh, I did wonder if he maybe felt like he had a point to prove to Scott Lindsay because they would have been, or he would have been his manager in the youth setup when he was at Swindon, wouldn't he? When I look in the timeline, that was that was all right. But if if there was a point to prove, um, when when he did come off later, there was a you know a friendly acknowledgement and a, a discreet a discreet hand slap between them. So there was no, uh, there's no, no sense of wanting to prove him wrong. I don't think, or maybe just to prove him right. Um, but yes, it was uh, an extraordinary finish. We just seemed to sit off them and, and invite it. It was incredibly frustrating, especially when, you know, we've nearly gone ahead. And in the first four minutes, I, I'd started to have that sinking feeling. I don't know what the mood was like in the ground, but, I was thinking, well, fine. It wasn't too bad. Okay. It wasn't too bad in the ground. Very, very. It, I mean, it wasn't like immediate sing songs and massive audible, audible support. It, it was just fine. It was the fourth minute. You know, it was. It's the sort of thing Swindon have been doing all season in terms of just they left. I mean, there was there's plenty of Swindon players back, and he was just so open. It was insane, and it wasn't going to be the last time that would that would happen either. No, it just seems to keep happening. I wonder if, and generally, I would say uh, Lavillier's full debut, his performance was good. I sometimes wonder, especially because you know he's been he's been training with, uh, or he's trained with, you know, some of the top Premier League types over at Spurs. I almost wonder if he was not giving Sutton and Randall and colleagues enough respect in terms of sitting off them long enough for them to invite that pressure but that all comes as part of the part of the learning curve i think that league two isn't just a, a cakewalk no there was there was a fair bit of sparring at this point um sutton kind of felt like they were they were going to push on but we were dealing with them all right it was a game full of terrible heading um from especially from the sutton guys i've never seen the sutton defender you know they weren't all that bad but there was a lot of 50 pence piece heads um in this game of like it's supposed to go that way but uh, it's looping back it was it was quite fun to watch um i remember clayton getting a yellow card for a very old school tackle um necessary i'm i'm sure but it, it was like wait there we go and i was just saying how slight he looked in comparison but uh, he's no mug no yeah it was it was rough rough either especially defending uh, set pieces it looked um a little scrappy in places some good, a little good work from the keepers. 
Yeah, um, and you, the last thing you want to be is rough at both ends, right? <laughs> <laughs> Certainly not. Certainly not. I hope I'm seeing the last of that now. Let's hope so. Oh, oh no. <laughs> too much information, too much. Um, before Swindon equalised, there was an incident involving Angus MacDonald and the Sutton centre-forward just before a corner. Now, I didn't see it because it was off the ball and I was daydreaming, probably looking at the rain falling from the floodlights or something. I don't know. But people around me were going absolutely crazy. So what I can say, I'm I'm not willing to watch this back because it would be far more fun to uh, wind people up and just uh, go on what I saw on first viewing and not review. Um, the bit of tussle with Bougiel and uh, McDonald. McDonald seems to, while he's down on the floor, he always seems to reach out to try and sort of swipe him, like give him a, I wouldn't say like a, a, a slap. You know, when a cat hits a, a piece of yarn, it's quite a soft little palming. <laughs> and then they both get up and brush noses a little bit and Shades of that, uh, you know, the Joachim Anderson uh, Crystal Palace thing with, uh, who is it, Nunes at Liverpool. Not quite like that. They literally pressed noses and then, from what I could see, McDonald's making out like he'd been pushed hard. And it, that's, I guess, why everybody was appealing for a straight red. But it was incredibly soft and they were both very daft. Apparently, um, Steve yeah, Hale was uh, disclosing that um, Bougiel is a, a, a Swindon resident, so you'd think he'd be a, a bit more mindful in case anyone sees him in Sainsbury's. Sign him up. Um, I don't think many Swindon fans will be saying that, given some of the things I've read <laughs> um, since that game's happened. But, you know, um, in the post-McCurdy era, we're looking for uh, a, a character, aren't we? Yeah, I, I've seen it back. So I, I see McDonald prod, which is nothing, but, you know, instigates, I suppose. Then I see him, then I see the the head towards McDonald. And then McDonald, I'm sure he's very proud of himself, the way he goes down. Some fans will instantly say there was intent and therefore the, the Sutton player should go. I would have probably just put them both and told them to grow up, but that's just me. Yeah, it, it was it was quite silly. I do enjoy a bit of a bit of drama, a bit of fracas, a bit of fisticuffs, but that was silliness. And the bad boys, they're always catching my eye. Oh, there it is. Yeah, indeed. They are. I understood that reference. Hooray. Yeah, so that seemed to work in a in a good way for Swindon. So Swindon reacted quite well. And we went and scored shortly after four lovely minutes. Um, the first goal, an example of why so many Swindon Town fans want to see our players have a go. A tame shot on a slippery surface, sneaking under the legs of Rose to joyous scenes. And then pro Lewis Ward chance for poor old Jack Rose. <laughs> I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed the whole build up this because I was, I was cursing Tari Shade's name for having the shot because I thought it was just so... So limp and straight, like straight in the middle, straight at the keeper. And the next thing I know, it slipped through his legs. Then the most gloriously Swindon Town 2022 celebration where he does a, a somersault where he doesn't quite <laughs> get the landing and then proceeds to uh, run over to the town and trip over a photographer's presumably quite heavy bag because he was limping after it. But I loved it anyway. It was great fun. Yeah, it, it was It was good. It's good for... Shay to get that goal and you don't care how it comes as long as it goes in I mean we're going to have a discussion about the performance I'm sure as as this episode continues but 
just it felt out of nowhere at the time. It didn't felt like we were like knocking on the door, but it doesn't matter, does it? It's, it's you, and do you, do you see? Do you hear like so many, especially with Gladwin, because we remember Gladwin of 2015, where the guy would just shoot at range wherever he was, or it certainly felt that way at the time. And now he's much more inclined to sideways pass or put the through ball in. Sometimes it doesn't doesn't hurt to have one shot. One, have a go. No, exactly. It doesn't hurt to have a shot, and especially that you know if you feel like you can't quite get the shot off that you need, testing the keeper as we've seen. That we've seen last night, yeah, that that eventually manages to work out. It's worth having a go. You never know what might what might come off, but yeah, I can't see. Uh, one of my frustrations of this season and probably last season is just this: the recycling and endlessly, endlessly looking for the ideal opening. Worth having a having a go rather than just stroking around the box and hoping for something to happen. Especially on that surface, and you know, I'm almost at the top of the Don Rogers stand, so I'm pretty sure my vantage point is exactly the same as the players <laughs> who can see everything that I can see. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, indeed. Oh, well, then we went and scored a second, more farcical stuff from Sutton's defense, sadly for them, wonderfully for us. A failed, these are the sort of goals I go to football matches for. An attempt to boot it out smacks the teammate of the certain player and it ni- falls nicely for town. And well, you don't give Johnny Williams such chances. Two unswindled. Yeah, not from there as well. Great finish from Johnny. And there's there must be something about Sutton that makes him come alive because, you know, he, he was superb. I'll probably have one of his best games last season in the uh, away fixture. Definitely wouldn't give him the space, and he was, you know, he was everywhere tonight. We'll come on to that later because I've I've had a sneaky peek at your fan contributions and the general discourse around. Uh, that was the kind of performance yesterday that we we wanted and expected from Johnny. I would mm. say Johnny Five is alive. Johnny Eight is great. Am I right? Absolutely, hundred <laughs> percent. There's me doing a joke, but you genuinely believe that, so it's 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 very nice. In the Wales squad for the games against Poland and somebody else that I can't remember, so he misses Grimsby. Uh, it's it's going to be a loss, isn't it? Now, when when he's off, now it wasn't so bad last season. I think we're going to feel it a little bit. Yeah, I think especially now because we've we've become dependent on. We're starting to to get used to the, you know, the Gladwin Williams experience, which you know we we're seeing them being deputised and even still this season, people have been saying that you shouldn't have them both on together, but you know, it's working. I think they have a, they have a connection. They have a relationship off the field as well. Cause they both appeared um, at whoever's home. It was uh, on the Monday night panel for the OSC. Um, it's becoming, it's becoming fruitful, a, a big part of what actually makes things happen when they do happen. So yeah, I think he will be he will be a a loss, and other people who could step in to fill the breach for him in his absence might have a uh, a bit of a job on their hands. Mm. And it's of course Poland and Belgium. It's always Belgium. It's Wales. It's always Belgium. <laughs> well, quite indeed. So there we go. So two one Swindon. Nothing can go wrong now. Nope, the lead did not last long. Equaliser again. All too easy for Sutton. Counter attack. Randall gets the ball, and it was, in fairness, a fine finish. 
Yes, it was. Uh, through gritted teeth to admit that. That's the point where I thought I wondered if he wanted to uh, <laughs> stick it to Lindsay, but I think it was just, uh, just, just good, good sporting nature stuff. He was, uh, he was really quite clinical in the, in the first half, and it was a shame that that seemed to, that seemed to melt away in the second. You'd think he'd want to be on for, for three. Oh, I'm gutted, Joe. I'm absolutely <laughs> heartbroken by this. <laughs> well, he had some. He had some family up in the uh, in the Arkles. It was a, a nice evening out for them. Look, if you get, if you're from Swindon and you your son has scored two, but essentially the team have lost, then happy days, right? You win all round. And to be fair to Swindon on this, it's not one of those players that we've released and they've just so happened to maintain their career. We did sell him to Wolves. So it was. It wasn't like he's done really well to come back because Wolves didn't work out. He dipped into non-league and it's and it, he's found himself at Sutton and back in the football league. And good to see him do well. But another one of those stories from an era where what could have been if we just gave them a bit more chances. But some would say again, he had them with Swindon. But at that age, it's so hard, and you can't really give people till they're twenty three, twenty four <laughs> to kick on, can you? No, but at least maybe like we're starting to see for all the for all the all the um I wouldn't necessarily say complaints but mild criticisms that you know, the current regime and how we do things goes at least we are looking to you know to utilize talents that we do have um in this time because I'm sure um I'm sure whatever we received for Will Randall from Wolves was um, invested wisely back into the club and uh, utilized very well can't resist a dig eh can't <laughs> resist it never go away joe i can't decide whether that first half was mostly great or mostly awful almost certainly fun for the neutral and i again probably quintessentially League Two stuff. Um, It was full of errors, but I was largely entertained throughout this. And 2-2 probably was fair, but I think if I was a Sutton fan, I'd be wondering how they they came into the changing rooms at halftime without being at least one ahead. Yeah, this this seemed like the sort of game that you see late into those EFL highlights programs where you think, oh my God, what on earth was happening here? And you have a wry amusement that it wasn't your team, but this week it certainly was ours. Sutton looked from, if I'm thinking about, you know, the Sutton that came up and they weren't that shy of finishing uh, in a playoff place, went to the last day, I think, um, that they were denied that spot. They looked brighter um, attacking than they did last year. Um, and I thought in some ways stronger. And they weren't they weren't hoof merchants. I was expecting long ball merchants, and you know there were there was some of that at times, but certainly not not as much as I was expecting. They played the ball pretty okay. And, and when I say that they probably felt they should have been ahead, that's not to say they they ran as ragged. That's that's not to say that they were head and shoulders above us. It was just both of the goals they conceded were rank by their standards. I'm sure and. If that hadn't happened, Swindon weren't knocking on the door that that often, were they? No, I think of the the four goals. Either way, you could say that yeah, both teams have been mortified in terms of for us how much we've sat off them, and for for them how they've sort of basically gifted Swindon chances to get back into and get ahead in the game. Yeah. Okay. Well, second half was in my opinion, quite rubbish in comparison. It was I was yawning a bit and daydreaming, as I've said several times, looking at those bloody floodlights. Um, 
also possibly why many Swindon fans, especially in the town end, reacted quite angrily to Scott Lindsay's substitutions. There were chances, you know, the few lovely one for the camera saves by Sol Brin. And there was a drag back that Sutton really should have scored from. And other than that, it was just like two mid-table, middling boxers. And this was drifting towards a draw for large parts of the second half. It, it wasn't very entertaining, was it? I don't know. Or were we in control? It's one of these things where, where actually we got more of a grip in the game. And as a result, it wasn't as frantic as, as the first 45. Uh, I think both things can be true. I think we certainly seem to have more more control, but through that, that became quite quite pedestrian. You could feel, even through watching on iFollow, that as the first 10, 15 minutes had rolled in, and then that double substitution came, which I've got to say, for my mind, kind of made sense, where Darcy was, you know, he was getting caught out a bit and wasn't really happening much for him. And Jeff Cott is, you know, he's out of regular football. So I'd perfectly imagine that him doing 60 minutes was was planned from the off. Uh, so I didn't really understand the the grumbles and moans at that point. I understand he got a bit of a, you don't know what you're doing. Was that right from the town mm. end? Yeah, that's right. So I think the, the problem wasn't the, the individuals involved in the substitutions. I think fans wanted two up front. So they wanted Jeff Cott. And they wanted Wakeling. Everybody likes Wakeling. People want to see more from Jeff Cop because he's new, not because he's not, not playing well or anything. But they wanted that change of formation and to be a little bit more aggressive going forward, which we absolutely were not in the second half, um, I felt, anyway. So what I heard, I sit at the other end of the Don Rogers stand. So, you know, I don't hear the forwardable, but... I don't hear the the full chance, but I definitely heard you don't know what you're doing. And I definitely heard booing when the substitutions were made. So if I heard them, of course, Scott Lindsay would have heard them too. And of course, Claire Morfuni and Rob Angus would have heard them also. It wasn't for very long. We'll, we'll talk about it. It was quite toxic in places, I'm told, especially in the town end. Definite hostilities towards the um, head coach at that moment in time and I think at that stage I was very much of the feeling of god I hope we win this now because had we not won the atmosphere post-match even at a draw would have been very very problematic for Scott Lindsay in front of his uh boss so one one more thing that I forgot to mention in the uh in, in during the game was passing Lots of incomplete passes in the first and second, well, in both halves, mostly in the first by memory. Very, very frustrating. Almost trying to concede a goal at times, it felt. Uh, that incomplete passing thing, the feeling that I had, the the video game fans, the FIFA fans will appreciate this. It was like somebody had sat on their controller. It just, none of it had sort of made sense. It's sort of limp, like getting shut out passes that weren't reaching anybody. That was... Um, yeah, it was incredibly frustrating to see that if you, we all have these sort of things of, you know, going back to think of when we played football or were coached as kids or all this stuff as if, as if, you know, playing for card Colts or whatever was some sort of illustrious career. <laughs> but you're always told, like, to, you know, to look for, you know, look for the obvious pass or, you know, even looking for squaring balls, but just trying to, 
pass it diagonally on the floor and getting flattened out, it was immensely frustrating to see. And you could see it from I follow, and you could certainly see it from your vantage point in the Don Rogers that you could see it getting shut out before passes even being made. I couldn't work that out. I couldn't fathom it. We didn't mention as well that um, Lou Reed had a lovely free kick that I would have thought maybe not nine times out of ten, but maybe about six or seven out of ten would have gone in. And it's nice for him to hit the target and threaten. That'll build his confidence no end because he used to be quite uh, quite deadly from the set piece. I, uh, I appreciated to note that as well. Good. What did you think about the changes elsewhere? So Khan came on for Darcy, and I, I think I agree with you. It was it wasn't Darcy starts strong and sort of drifts. Yeah, I don't want to give Darcy a discredit to say that. Um, you know, he he seems quite effective. He has been quite effective coming on late in games because you know he can be he can be a nuisance. And when you know when teams are tired and that fatigue is kicking in. That's the kind of player that you want to put on, but I don't want to earmark him as, you know, he is super sub material. I think that he has got a lot of attributes that when we're saying that we're going to lose Williams and we won't have him for the uh, Wales games, he's somebody that, you know, could could slot into where where he plays or you could, if you're changing things around, you could have him, um, you know, occupying number 10 role, that kind of thing. It's all in potential now because... I'm not sure when 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 he started and when he's you know he's trying to take people on. He's usually been the one who's lost the ball yesterday and invited that pressure on, and it's not quite um, not quite ideal for me. There, Khan is a bit a bit sort of calmer on the ball and much more likely to lay it off rather than take people on. So. I appreciated that. I think we'd all like to see um, two up top and going for it, but I don't think we have the fitness to do it yet. So that's just going to be something we have to wait for. I'm a bit wary of the notion that we might be being negative. And I was really happy the fact that we won this game. But oh, I don't I, I don't know. I don't know why I'm, I'm focusing on that. We'll, we'll get to the positives in just a moment. Well, let's just talk about the goal. Um, Wakeling came on, almost scored instantly. And then injury time, lovely move. Headed in, Wakeling, jubilant scenes. Swindon get the win. Lovely. Yes, perfect stuff. Storybook stuff, because late in injury time, uh, great buzz around. And you had the feeling, I think you had popped it up in the uh, in the, the hallowed Low Strangers WhatsApp chat, that when we went... Two one ahead in the first half. That you know that that might have that might have saved Lindsay's skin or taken the heat off a bit. It certainly feels like you know coming away with a win. And you could we've already spoken about you know late in that second half how the you know the atmosphere was turning and you could even feel through I follow that people were getting restless. You could just feel that that tension drop out. Uh, I think that sets things up very interestingly to go out with a win. It's going to be a long gap now. Um, I don't think we're going to have a, I wouldn't say proper home game because of course I respect the Papa John's, but other than the Papa John's, it's not going to be a home game until October now, I don't think. So when we were looking before and we were previewing the other fixtures, we were thinking that you know, Newport, Sutton, these are key games. I think that now you've got a win off here, 
there's a lot of reprieve and leeway because these are not easy away games coming up. And they're not necessarily ones that, looking at the table, looking at the fixture list, they're not ones that I would have expected to win or expected like we need results from that. And probably by the next time that we come round, the chairman, Mr. Morfudi, will have will have gone home with his nice green third shirt folded up in his luggage. Then <laughs> that that pressure, that reprieve might be quite extensive now. Yeah, I, mean, I, I really wanted that Newport game to go ahead because I fancied us against Newport and I fancied us against Sutton. Um, so those six points, I mean, if we if, if that happened, we, we'd be much closer to the playoffs. Now we have a tricky double header away at Doncaster and then Grimsby. Um, but we just don't know with the Swindon side. You know, Ginningham, w- w- even though they're struggling, I don't think that's an easy... Well, we haven't won there since the 80s in the league. And there's been enough attempts for that to be a thing. And then Stockport, although they're not having a great time at the moment, you know, that would have been tricky in the summer. And then in reality is we should have won that game. Um, so it, we just, it's just so hard to call. And, you know, as, as many people are saying at the outside the grounds, and I was listening, you know, to one guy just saying, we've not lost in the league since the first day of the season, which a lot of people say after a, a positive result, don't they? It's just like, well, we're still unbeaten, but, but those draws have, have held us back a wee bit, but we're not losing. But it is very apparent that people have made up their minds on Scott Lindsay, which we'll talk about once we get to listen to contributions. The scenes at the end of the game, it was pure theatre. Lots of stuff going on, a, a team huddle um, with lots of fist pumping and a lot of energy, a lot of support staff celebrating, you know, going to Wakelin. Great moment for them. I don't think anyone questions the togetherness and hashtag passion of this side, of this squad. But I'm still not seeing that unity during 90 minutes of the game. We still haven't had a 90-minute game of football where we've been consistent for the whole thing. We've had a lousy first halves, lousy second halves, nice spells here and then, but we still... And you, that's not to say, like... Well, no, complete performances do exist in League Two. We've seen them. We're still very disjointed at times. Yeah, I think what you were saying about that first half there, that felt, it almost felt like we must all be training in silos or something like that. It was like watching Soccer Aid with people not knowing each other from Adam. And that, yeah, that unity, that togetherness, um, I'm not sure is quite there yet. You can be, you can be together and be all in as one, but still just not be that great as a team, can you? you can, I mean, there have probably been teams that have been relegated in, in divisions. They all get along. They're all they're all in, signed up to the vision. It just doesn't happen. And, and that may be the case at Swindon because you can see they all get along. They're all smiling. They're all having a, having a good time in their careers. But I'm not seeing that replicated. But hey... We bloody won. And, you know, maybe it was a bit of a get out of jail situation against Sutton. Sutton will wonder how on earth they've thrown that away. But I don't care. I care about Swindon and we needed that win and we got it and we're, we, we've set ourselves up nicely. But we've got to back it up in the next game or we'll encounter what I've been saying that I fear is this season will be a 
we win, huzzah, we haven't lost since the opening day, and then we get two draws, and then we we fall down, and people want Scott Lindsay out, and then we win again, huzzah, and we're perennially between 11th and 14th. So we just need a, a, a statement win, and despite their best efforts at the end of the game, I don't think that was a statement win. A big win, maybe, an important win, but a statement, I don't think so. No, it it... it... Maybe was a little forced. And the idea, um, as I've seen the rumour on social media, of Scott Lindsay shushing the Arkles, which is probably like the tamest stand going. That is, <laughs> <laughs> that's for the, yeah. the Humbug Brigade. It's not it's not rowdy or or mean or rude, but very but I get it, right? I mean if he's if he's I mean it's very entertaining and I I, I get I get why he would turn to fans if they're giving him abuse. And, but it's not eight games into a league season. That doesn't bode well, I suppose. But it surprised me that one, we're already at the stage where we're singing, you don't know what you're doing. And two, it surprises me that we're already at a stage where the manager is turning to the fans and going, have some of that. <laughs> you know, it's, it, it feels like we're having, it feels like we're, we're going too fast into this season. We want, changes far too soon shall we listen to the listeners contributions and go from there yeah okay hi this is jan fjortoft and welcome and i'm on loath strangers but it's so hard for norwegian love strangers okay let's go with listeners contributions big thanks to those who sent stuff in lots of stuff this time can't get through all of them but Big thanks, nonetheless. Starting with Paul Temple, who says, Still riding our luck defensively, but undefeated in seven. Can't help thinking that Jakey Jeffcott, that combo, is going to be a season saviour. Persistence with Shade up front seems to be fruitless, apart from his assist to the own goal. <laughs> H the Duck says, I really enjoyed that. The team showed real character under pressure to find a way to win. We played the ball forward quicker and took the game to them in the first half man of the match was gladwin but for goodness sake get slick rick on free kicks instead of reed laurie street says lavinia man of the match brilliant tonight injury looked nasty though hope it's not as bad as it looked paul merriman says gladwin imperious best i've seen him play this season maybe last two clearly man of the match great statistics some good attacking football a little leaky at the back but Bryn pulled off some cracking saves. Good to see Kitman Hoops celebrating at the end with our Jakey Wakey. Proud to be a Moonraker says, wasn't there as I was working, so no idea about the answers to the questions we asked. However, happy as always with the win, and even happier when I saw the photo of the players in a huddle. A team that's together always has potential to do well. Mr. Good says, the one constant in our worrying defence is MacDonald. I'd really like to see Baudry start with Clayton. Anyway, a desperately needed three points. Man of the match, Johnny Williams. Bernie Man says, great to get three points, but a chaotic performance. Though fun to watch, not one for the purists. I would suggest more papering over the cracks than deserved, but the big hope is that the result gives them the confidence and belief to push on despite that chaos. Sam Mendoza says, the players gathering at the end was telling for me, I feel like we're building something here. Much more positive, just need to cut out the individual errors. Paul D says, good win, just about deserved it. I'm sure 
hearing fans greeting you coming on by singing you don't know what you're doing is precisely the encouragement every young player needs. So especially pleasing to see the Wakeling score the winner. Rob Dinsey says, we have some decent talent. The defensive system feels like a problem and we got a bit lucky that they made worse mistakes than us, but delighted to get the win. Williams man of the match, bit of extra quality and chased everything to the end. Jamie Goodwin says, three points is nice, but to be relieved with it against Sutton says exactly where we are currently. We've got some good players but I'm not convinced still that we have that identity that we talk about. Williams, man of the match. Neil Dixon says, just about deserved to win. Looked a lot better going forward. Still shaky in defence. Man of the match, Johnny Williams. Probably the most 90-minute performance he has had for us. Duncan Fjortoff said, enjoyable sort of game between two sides that look solid mid-table League 2. Not sure how much the wet pitch hindered both sides. Felt a bit like the Macclesfield 3-2 from a few years back with us nicking a barely deserved late winner after a meh performance. PJ says three points are three points and nothing beats a late winner, obviously, but still lots of work needed defensively. Very poor quality from both teams for lots of the game. And luckily, we had a bit more off the bench. Gladwin and Williams were both superb. Andy says, deserved the win, but we're either attacking en masse or defending en masse. There's little in between. If that can get worked on and as a result, we're a little less open, we may do okay this season. Chris Foote says, I think as fans, we need to take ownership of that performance this evening. It's no surprise with us fans being on the players' backs that mistakes will be made. Worrying that we're turning this county ground into a place where players need to ignore the fans rather than feed off them. Tom Hammond, there were signs of encouragement, which is great. It's a long season, but our defence is still so leaky. Dare I say it, but do we drop Reed? Gladwin, man of the match. Richard says, three points scraped. Should be burying teams and need to stop leaking silly goals. There's potential, but Scott seems lost still. Nick says, far better second half. Thought Gladwin and Darcy worked well. For once, I agree with the sponsors. Williams man of the match after a win and no loss since day one. Maybe some might get behind the team. Robert Hammond says, crowd not helping the team at the moment. Frustration leads to nervousness. Possession led to the final goal. Josh Phelps says, Jakey wakey, makey, no mistakey. (laughs) Hank says, feel like every attack against us could lead to a goal. Giving the ball away too much. Did not understand why Jeffcott got subbed. Should have stayed on with Wakeling. Wakeling's goal has saved Lindsay from an angry crowd at the final whistle. Jason says, three points, but such a painful watch. We are slowly improving, but we are just so predictably slow. So one pace, it's a bit boring, to be honest. That said, there were lots of improved performances. Shade looked better. Jeffcott was unlucky. Lavinia looks a find, but we rode our luck. Stephen Davis says, at times, tactically naive, defensively lacked structure and organisation. However, great determination to obtain a scruffy victory. Much needed and well done. Adam Johnson says, first time I have seen town this season. Darcy and Williams looked brilliant, enjoyed Shade's energy, and Reed was solid. A moment of brilliance from Wakeling for the winner. Great header. Got fortunate with our first two goals, but positives for me. Tom Jenkins says, plenty of positives and plenty of concerns. Gladwin was the key to moving the ball quicker in the final third. He was a different gravy tonight. Best match since he came back. Lavinia looked good going forward. Johnny was great. McDonald decent second half. Bryn, 
vital saves again. Harry says, I didn't think we were too bad tonight. A better side punishes those chances, though Sutton were poor. Don't think Lindsay is the right man long term, but equally I thought chanting against the manager at 2-2 was dumb on our side. Big win, but consistency is needed now. Chris, well, before the goal, I would have said an uninspiring game that we didn't do enough to win. After the goal, yes, get in there, what a win. UX yourself. Hmm. Um, hopefully it is the start of something. Youngest squad in the league, I believe. They will need time and support. Not booing. The talent is there. Just has to be lifted. And finally, Mike Dixon, who says, that's like three draws in one match. <laughs> so it's it's quite similar to the concerns that we've had there. A lot of people happy with the win. Absolutely. 100%. How can we not be happy? But Dave in, in, in on Twitter pretty much said, uh, uh, does this or has this papered over the cracks? And although people haven't said that exact terminology, some fully agreed with Dave clearly there, it, it does feel that people are, are more concerned or more thinking this is a case of papering than this is the beginning of the, the good part of the season. This feels a bit more, uh, very much sort of, on the fence, this feels quite the uh, quite like we're looking over the precipice here because, as we said before, it was so pivotal to have those two games where Morfini's going to be in the country and see everything and have one cancelled. And now there's going to be, as I've said already, there's going to be a big separation between, you know, these home games. And I include myself in this, so please, people, don't be offended when I say that as a fan base, we are delightfully fickle, and I am just as much as well, uh, that you know, home wins can can turn can turn people's perceptions. We saw last year that we were great on the road and then struggling at home and the frustrations were coming out there. But if the good vibes are back at the county ground and we've got a long wait now until our next home game, that might shore things up. The confidence that they will get out of getting a win, even in a kind of scrappy fortune even as rough as it was, even to have you know, conceded two, it will still have given that buoyance to players that you know people are getting giving stick and are not sure about. Someone like Tyree Shade will take you know a big stride forward going out of this. My thoughts on things like uh, the Plymouth game or any games that we have now, especially now that we've got more and more fringe players out on loan, is not to tinker too much of what we have and to use each opportunity to get that shape bedded in. If we're losing uh, fullbacks because um, we mentioned that Lavinia came off in a, a, a challenge and was really struggling to make his way off the pitch. Uh, great show. I suppose we'll hear later today as to you know what the status is out on that. But you know if we're starting to lose personnel in defence... Maybe it's time to actually look to change um, how we play and go back and not to listen to fan pressure too much about you know needing four at the back. Maybe it's time to go back to three. Maybe it's time, as I've seen, Dan would want some acknowledgement for this of his idea of having support for Reed down in defensive midfield, like we had with with that great partnership when we had Grant and Doughty holding the centre and you know making things happen between the two. They had different qualities, but that actually gelled quite well together. And maybe there's a way to actually utilise that midfield. Maybe there's a way to get two up front. 
not the ideal time to be, uh, you know, experimenting too much, but we want to be using, you know, the players and sticking to a plan in each fixture that we have. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, the away end wasn't exactly super happy against Ginningham. So Morfuni will go on the road during his stay and he'll, he'll get a good idea of what the situation is. Is there potential of a divide between club and fans over this? You know, it's not majorities at the moment, but the way Swindon fans are reacting to decisions and it's clear, clear as anything that people have made up their mind on Scott Lindsay and they will not change that. And Scott Lindsay is given the big, the big one, fairly so, I would say, and the players are doing huddles in front of the fans to show what what they're all about. Is there is there a chance of a, a little bit of a divide being created here? Yeah, I think that's already that was already bedded in before we went into these into these games. So there's already people who are very much uh, of the opinion that uh, Lindsay is not up to the job and that his coaching staff are you know stuck with fellow amateurs or those sorts of things and people will want to make their views heard as we saw yesterday when Morfuni is around because they might think he might be more inclined to to act on that but you know, if this is a pivotal point and a turning point um, or even if we just get more draws while he's here then I think that will stay and those, those divisions rather than settling they will potentially uh continue to crack yeah maybe maybe we'll see and you know i'm i'm not down on swindon town um i have similar concerns that many fans have and that concern really born from the fact that i just want swindon to go up and i worry that we won't (laughs) that's purely what it is really for me um big dilemma here on the man of the match front because it was very much a two horse race Williams just about got it from Gladwin, I would say, from the listeners. Um, who gets ours? I would be tempted to give Williams the nod as well, but I think, you know, acknowledgement has to go to Gladwin. You know, he has been and is often, you know, a scapegoat or people saying that he's past it or useless. Again, like we've said with, you know, with Williams showing, you know, what he's capable of, he was keeping keeping the ball alive a lot creating a lot yesterday um, is by a very fine hair and I'm sure they'll have some good fun uh, disputing that but both both exceptional performances but yes for me I'd have to go with the fans and I'm kind of biased aren't I so yeah so it always happens to you Joe but I think I'm going to veto you Um, and that's not because it's you and not because it's Johnny Williams I just think it's too close to call so I've given Johnny Williams the the listeners, and I'll give Ben Glad- Gladwin the uh, the the pod vote. If if it was the other way around, I would have done. I would have given Johnny the uh, the man of the match. I'll, I'll accept it. They both deserve. They both deserve credit, so, so they can both have one each. That's fine. But it's a discussion that we talk about a lot with sort of off mic. Is that people again? It's all about you. People have made their decisions. People have made their decisions about this era of Ben Gladwin too, because this season he's putting in a shift, man, and some fans are not having it. Yeah, exactly. And we've, we've had him, what, pretty much every game, haven't we? I don't think he's... Made every, he started every league game, yeah. yeah. 
So, you know, the idea that he, you know, he can't cut it or, you know, he's not fit enough or he can't do X, Y, or Z, it's just not, not ringing true. He's always had that, you know, he's always got that sort of hard to read languid style that, yeah, people either love or hate. Only it's quite marmite. What I always love about it is, is as a opposition player or even as a as a viewer, he's hard to he's hard to read. It's not obvious what he's doing and what he's thinking. And that's that's probably his you know his deadliest trump card as well. That what what is what makes him brilliant. Um, but yeah, surely, surely, how many games is it going to have to take for him to earn some respect around here? Yeah, I think I think it's just because, and we always defend him for it. You know, he'll he'll do one slack pass, but he'll do five other things that are positive. And he was he was, if if there was a show being run in the second half, Gladwin was running it for Swindon. He was pulling the strings. I felt, but yeah, Gladwin gets it from us. Williams gets it from the fans, and I'm happy with that. Um, is there anything? Oh, we haven't really talked about Lavernier. You mentioned his injury. I really hope it. It, it's um, not too bad. Very good going forward. A little bit suspect defensively. But that that tackle for the yellow card, I think I would have had my leg amputated if, if that was me putting in that tackle. It was a big one, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, it was brutal. It, it was disappointing. Yeah, I thought he was very bright going forward. And this is why I'd said about, you know, I wondered if he was giving too much or not enough respect, I should say, to Sutton because... I feel like defensively he must be able to offer more, but maybe he just didn't think the uh, the threat was quite there. And still, you know, learning about teams and learning about the the intricacies of League Two, but maybe he'll be watching a little bit more from the stands. I hope not for long. Tackles like that, especially like if they're on the yeah the ankle, like lower foot, even if it's you know a big bruise or something like that, that can have you limping off. So I'm hoping that it was just something that was firm and impactful but no damage but who knows that might be wishful thinking probably by the time this goes out we'll know what the picture looks like yeah we'll talk about that in the presser so there we go um we're we're 10 games into the scott Lindsay era that's our that's our second win out of those 10 games um so we have to enjoy them when they arrive and it's not as bleak as we've only won two in 10 it doesn't feel as bleak as that statement usually is so let's enjoy the win and I'm, I'm happy with the win we've got to be yeah absolutely I'm happy can I have a um a tiny whinge a tiny acknowledgement I'm trying to end on a positive note <laughs> Joe but go for it just going to say that if you're going to launch a uh, a third kit and say it's only on sale in person and you're playing that night maybe um put it on sale at 6 p.m rather than lunchtime that's it that's all you had that's it you just wanted to talk about the kit. I'm trying to end an episode positively, and you had to have a kit whinge. Well, that kit will be historic on Saturday when we thrash Doncaster. How about that? That's the spirit, Joe. Thank you very much. Thank you. Bye bye. The Low Strangers is an independent supporters podcast. Views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club or their official partners. The music is provided by the great Matthew Kilford and the podcast artwork was designed by Matt in Singapore. What a guy. Thanks for listening. Come on, Swindon. Has that bubble?
Hi, Ellis Pod fans, it's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs, like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy, or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant, like Darren Ward, or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.